0: Hi there, welcome to another episode of the Happy Startup School Community Podcast. Uh, I'm sat on my bed at the moment. Um, it's been a long day, but yes, I needed to get this episode done um, for tomorrow. Get this all ready. Uh, I had the best intentions of getting all of this sorted last Friday for the weekend, but things got in the way, and I'm doing it last minute. Um, and yes today's been a long day was at the beyond good business um, conference in london Um, it was a place for social entrepreneurs and um, social impact investors to get together um, learn some new things from speakers around capital and investment and uh, and also self-care, which was quite good, and myself and Lawrence hosted a an Ideas Café workshop, which was fun. Ideas Café is always great. Uh, if you want to find out more about Ideas Café, uh, just do a search, Ideas Café, Happy Startup School, and you'll find out more. Um, but anyway, uh, to the matter at hand, uh, on this episode of the podcast, I talked to Christine Chopiak, a visual strategist and idea builder from Denver, Colorado. Um, We met last year at our altitude retreat uh, on Mount Hood in Oregon. She's the author of Picture Your Business Strategy uh, and it's a book that helps you master the principles of strategic illustration. Uh, It's a proven system for visualising ideas. Um, Christine discovered the power of visual strategy nearly 20 years ago and it's changed her life and also how she relates to people. For her, it's a way to make ideas come alive. I love it. Uh, I'm very much into that. Uh, Christine will be joining us this year at Summer Camp and she'll be running a workshop uh, for people who want to learn how to use drawing to help them get more clarity for their business. So I'll be there. I hope you will. Um, it's a great uh, episode for anyone who who's looking for ways to better communicate uh, the tangled mess of ideas in their head or if you're wanting to find new ways of collaborating with people in a more effective way so enjoy the episode no problem Um, uh how are you
1: i'm good how are you
0: uh i'm i've i'm a little tired Um, okay uh i've it's been a day of one of those days of meetings and calls yeah, uh, and my wife left to go to Utrecht in the Netherlands this morning uh-huh. about four a.m. So she oh, man. she woke me up, and then my son was uh, off to had to go to a uh, a trip with the school. they were away for three days doing some adventure trip, so we had uh-huh. to be at school early. Uh, so we had to get all of that ready, and my daughter broke her arm two oh weeks God. ago. Which meant getting stuff ready early in the morning is always a bit of a challenge, um, and also she's not the greatest of um, early risers, or even the happiest of children in the morning. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we got to school right on time. Son was in time for the for the trip, and uh, he forgot his sleeping bag and pillow. Oh so my then gosh! I had to rush back, get that, <laughs> go and. So, yeah, it started off quite hectically. Uh, Then, you know, nice meeting with Lawrence, just to do a bit of planning. The thing about meetings, though, is they seem to just add to a to-do list before you've even tried to do any of the stuff that you wanted to do.
1: Uh, This is exactly my day, and so I completely sat down yesterday and rearranged my entire week because I'm like, (laughs) I am too booked. I totally get – I completely understand. And I don't have kids, so I can't, like, that's a compound, that's a compound fracture.
0: <laughs> it is, it is pain on top oh. of pain. Or it joy is. on top of joy, depending on the way you it's, reframe the word.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: And how about yourself? It's, um, yeah, I
1: just, um, I had a couple of really intense meetings last week went in New York with a education group that I kind of went in, I've been working with them for a year and I kind of went into this meeting thinking, I don't know if I really add any value. Um, And so that was just a curious question. It wasn't a judgment on my part. And we got through Mm -hmm. the meeting and I knew I could tell exactly what they needed, which made me feel good, but it was a lot of weight because it's going to involve a lot of um, prodding, you know, they're moving forward and I need to pull them back and say, You know, what have you learned about this whole process? And um, what's your intention going forward? And for people who are so, have such a execution bias, that's hard for them. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, and then I did um, the second half of the meeting was in Austin, Texas. And it was, you know, working with a lot of big brains and just trying to, and people who think they can draw and they, they want things visualized, but they want to tell you how to draw it. Highly annoying. So, (laughs) so it was just one of those meetings where I just kept handing off the pen and they would look at me like, well, that's your job. And I was like, if you, if you want it your way, you're going to draw it your way. Mm. And that, and that's hard. I mean, that's hard for me to do because I want to be in service and support people, but when they get, so this group really, really smart group of consultants from uh, largely San Francisco that are advising a construction company about how to work better with their craft workers so it's a very I mean it's a really good project but sometimes when you get too many thinkers like that people like to hear themselves talk and they're doing a lot of wordsmithing and um you know and they want to say oh can you draw that like that I'm like yeah go ahead (laughs) 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 they are like well wait a minute so yeah so I'm just I'm thrilled to be home for two weeks it's sunny it's supposed to be You know, seventeen today here, so it's going to be awesome. And I changed my week, which is even better. I feel more in control. Just that I have breathing space, you know.
0: Oh, I think it's uh, the. I think Lawrence sent out a post recently about. Oh, it's so good designing your week.
1: That's you know Um, what that is. What really inspired me. I'm like, who's in control here? I am. Why did I do this to myself? It's so good. I need to send him a note and just say thank you. Excellent. It's really good.
0: Yeah, I think we're we're very much. Uh, it sounds like this idea of just unconsciously falling into other people's to-do lists <laughs> or, or patterns of work without really um, stepping back and seeing how does our energy flow, rather than how does anyone else's energy flow. Yeah uh i um with the 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 people you were working with it, there's the words like the ego and not able to let go seem to spring up
1: <laughs> oh you know completely and actually the thing that's so interesting uh, the one other word or, or phrase that i would add um to this group was there was a level of desperation like a, a deep and intense desire to belong and be a part of and they were just contracted to actually do some brainstorming make some order for this organization and provide a set of recommendations about how they move forward and people in the room just got so attached to their ideas losing sight of what like what they were there for and you know my the client who was kind of sitting in the middle of this she was like are we is she we were um, in the same space uh, for accommodation and she was like, are we on the right track? She goes, you've worked with us for like a year and a half. And I was like, the concepts. Yes. I was like the people. I'm not sure that this is, you know, I said, (laughs) I I said, I think this group of people think that you're going to take them all on. And she was like, shit. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I don't think they were really clear that the whole team of nine people aren't going to work on this so Mm. but that's and so there was that yeah you know not letting go and then that that desperate place you get in when you're so um unintentionally like so attached to an idea you're like but it's gotta I heard so many buts for all these consultants there was very little yes and very Mm. and so it's just interesting to be you know I work in that in that design space a lot and then just to be Kind of a visual observer, and to try and help them make meaning, it was hard. It was heavy work. Yeah. So I,
0: I hear. Yeah, there's. I also get a sense of fear.
1: Oh my gosh! Yes.
0: Clinging onto your ideas. Yeah. Oh gosh! Wow. Okay. So I, so I can see where it's a new week. <laughs> that that sounds draining. In 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 terms of energy. Yeah yeah well uh i will hopefully make this as as uh um energy giving as it is uh, energy consuming
1: <laughs> oh so. carlos I, you know i woke up this morning i did a bunch of journaling downloaded my stuff into the google doc that you sent i and i it just was a great framing for the week for me just to like centering i was like oh my gosh what a great gift so thank you
0: <laughs> well, why don't we start for people listening? Perfect. Uh by getting you to introduce yourself. Okay. So how um how would you like to describe yourself, Christine?
1: Well, um maybe in, in a couple of ways. You know, I'm a um Denver native, Denver, Colorado native, and um the reason I start with that is because I think um place is important in the context of the work that I do. And also, uh, you know, you guys are based in the UK. <laughs> so I just wanted to orient the geography a little bit that way. And um, the second the second way I'd introduce myself is, I call myself a visual strategist, but I'm also an idea builder. And this is my deep affinity and uh, love for Happy Startup School. Because um, I think that's what you... You know, Happy Startup School provides a platform for people to build ideas in very creative ways. And it's not in the what I would consider traditional accelerator startup mode. So even though it's Happy Startup School, you provide a platform for people to look forward and look ahead, but also take a step back and do reflection. And visual strategy allows people to do that in the same breath. Because I can see where I'm going and I can see where I've been and I can see it visually. I'm not trying to um, try and do that in my brain. And when we have a picture of that, there's something that's just so, first of all, relief is a word that comes to mind. <laughs> like, oh, phew, thank God. <laughs> and second is like, wow, you know, being able to see your work in that one breath. I think Happy Startup School provides platforms for others to do that. And it did it for me in my own business.
0: Well, thank well, thanks for the the, the plug. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, sure. <laughs> but, and actually, um, uh, following on from that idea of creating space and stepping back, uh, you and I, well, we all first met at Altitude uh, That's right. in the US last year. Exactly. Um, in Oregon. In Oregon. And uh, that, you, know, you had a good time there?
1: Oh, it was, uh, it was amazing. And that sounds so cliche. And so kind of like, you know, toss it out there, but in a, in a really, it was deeply satisfying. Um, that would be one of the first ways I would describe it in ways that I had no idea that it would be. Um, and, um, satiated, (laughs) satiated from the perspective of great conversation We had one of the best weeks, I think, that ever was had in Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) We had sunny days and, and very cold nights in the fall. And we did a lot of body movement and just getting outside in nature. And it was that satiating piece of being able to walk and talk and take in the scenery and not be confined to an agenda, which is what I anticipated Altitude would be. It, what you guys delivered um everything you promised and then some, so yeah that's where we met
0: and uh, I that's where I was first introduced to your work uh, and I was very taken by by the the approach you you follow and and how it brings people together and I also helped myself and Lawrence kind of connect ideas um, but uh have you been doing this? For a while why don't you give people an idea of how how you got into this work of kind of yeah yeah visualization.
1: yeah, so um I was getting ready to make a big uh career transition in 1999 and I was leaving a um n g o that specialized in working with um children and teachers in an outdoor school setting in the Colorado rocky mountains and At that time, for that organization, I was running a program um, that was a leadership forum. And in the, um, you know, between 1994 and 2000, we worked with teams of leaders from across the globe, really, to help them come up with a a program and a process for corporate social responsibility. And one of the challenges that we had in that program was actually because it was a three-year commitment, three different cohorts of people. Um, We had a hard time doing knowledge transfer between the cohorts, and I saw this kind of visual work and I thought, wow, I think this actually might be able to help make the connection between cohorts in the same company. So we employed a visual strategist who worked with us and every company got their own map about the path that they had been on for a year. And then they that um those leaders in that company literally handed the map off to the next cohort, explained in very short order most uh, you know most of the people took about twenty minutes to explain their journey, and then that cohort didn't have to reinvent the wheel, but could pick up where the company left off and move forward. And so once that I saw that actually happen live real time and got the feedback, I thought, "Wow, I have to learn how to do this." So I um, started drawing in two thousand. And, um, it's changed. It's changed my life. Um, it's changed how I listen. It's changed how I relate to people. And even when I have clients and colleagues who are like, Oh, I don't need that visual bit. Um, I'm like, okay, then I'll just draw for me. And, you know, as they see the ideas come alive, they start jumping in and saying, Oh, I never saw it that way. And do you really think it looks like that? And so, yeah, so that's how I got started. And I, I trained with some people and, Um, Just continue to work on my um, artistic skills because I'm not a trained artist. So just to draw every day and be able to capture ideas and synthesize. And when you do that, you're in a different space in in listening. And it it actually physically in your brain, we listen in a different way than um, if we're listening to
0: contribute to a conversation.
1: So I've been doing this for 19 years.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, for the audience that are <clears throat> listening to this, uh, this is really focused on our happy startup community. So we have a combination of people along uh, this entrepreneurial journey, whether they're just starting out for the first time, whether they're in the thick of it, trying to kind of grow and create a sustainable business, or whether they're at that nexus point of deciding whether to Pivot or persevere with with the business they've been running for a while. I I think one of the common themes that I identify I see with with people I talk to and coach is they're very much in their head trying to solve the challenges of their business, mm-hmm. and so the thing I the thing I I see in your work is a, a simple way for people to get out of their head to get those ideas in some kind of visual format and Lawrence calls it thingifying your thoughts. Right. Um, and I think you already mentioned how, you know, how it actually starts to connect ideas when you're collaborating with others. I was thinking for those people who are still a bit hesitant or don't understand, maybe they even think, oh, I just can't draw. It's, it's right. going to be just make, <laughs> make no sense. What, how, what, you know, how would you explain that? How, how would you talk to them to essentially to convert them to a new way of thinking? Um, well,
1: um, I guess I, there's two approaches to convert people to thinking. One is sort of the scientific approach. And so, you know, reading the audience, if you're a person that's like me, that really likes data and proof that something like this works. Here's a couple when I was writing my book, uh, Picture Your Strategy, um, One of the data points I, um, or several of the data points I found that is hugely compelling to me are the following. The first one is that we know now through cognitive brain research that the brain processes images 60 times faster than text. Mm -hmm. So we can have all this conversation happening in our head, but if we can find a way to draw it, um, our brain attaches to an image you know, 60 times faster than, than writing the words. Um, another data point is that really your image, in order for your brain to start making meaning of an image, you, it only needs to represent 30% of the actual image. And what, so here's what that looks like is that if somebody says, oh, you know, I wanna be a giraffe and I wanna get above it all so I can have a really, I can be really tall and I can sort of survey the scene then um, if I draw a giraffe, that giraffe only has to look 30% like a giraffe in order for me to understand that it's a giraffe. So that's, a, so that's the, um, when I get um, nervous about drawing things, which I still do, I always remember, oh, it only has to look like 30%. And then the other uh, data point actually comes from the US federal government, uh, Occupational Safety and um, Health Association where in all of their trainings now, they require that 80% of trainings, um, whether it's a podcast, a slide deck, presentation, be visual because um, 80% of us think visually. And um, so, that, so that's, you know, in terms of learning style, but also the brain um, is more like, is 80% more likely to retain information. If it's done visually. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's for the, um, you know, that's for the data people for the Mm -hmm. brain. So for the, so that would be one argument for the brain science people. um, The other thing I find incredibly gratifying is that we all, um, you know, between the ages of zero and three, as babies, we make meaning of the world through shape and color. It's a a deep part of our limbic brain. It's inside one of the oldest parts of our brain. And we look at the world through the shapes and the colors that emerge. And I won't go into all the brain science about that. But what that says to me is that everybody has the ability to visualize, you know, to have a picture in their head. And we use pictures all the time when we make up stories about our coworkers, about what's going to I'm going to have for dinner tonight. You know, I, that storytelling is a way of picturing an idea. And then the <coughs> um, the second or second or third, if you, depending on how you're counting, um, that I would make, especially for startups and especially for startups that have um, are working on products or ideas to to help um Make things easier or translate things for people is prototyping um, and creating a storyboard for your product or your idea is one of the most effective ways to understand your customer and to understand how your product or service is going to impact your customer. And storyboarding is simple as taking, you know, little um, square post it notes and on each post it note, drawing an image of the process that you will use to attract. And retain and serve a customer, whether again if it's a product or idea. And what you can do is you can line these little post-it notes up to tell a story of the customer interacting with your product. And when you do that, and this is stick figures. We are not talking complex <laughs> art, but we're talking about, you know, one stick stick figure with a hat represents my customer, the other one with a smiley face represents me. And I'm gonna map, literally map. How I interact with my customer, you can start pulling out post-it notes where you can say, "Oh, that step is irrelevant. That doesn't mean anything." How can I re- how can I get to a customer faster? If these are all my channels that I'm going to use to be able to reach my customer, um, how can I do that faster? And that has that um, that process of storyboarding when I've been working with startups has been so fun and so revealing. Um, Because you get your idea up on a board, whether it's a whiteboard or whether it's through the sticky notes. And you can step back and you can start seeing how your product or service really can or doesn't um, help your customer and where you might get stuck from um, taking on the hat of the customer or taking on the hat of the service provider. So... um, that's you know for those of you that are listening that you're like ah, I don't think this really works. Our brain is oriented toward visuals. Um, we it's it's innate. It's deep within us. We don't really need to know how to draw perfectly to be able to tell a story about our product and business to see how it's going to interact with consumers.
0: I, I love that. I love the um, the, the the thought that springs to my head when you were talking is that uh, we can't step back and look at our thoughts. Right. When we're just kind of theorizing or plotting and planning in our brains, there is no physical way, unless you're incredibly mindful, <laughs> there's no way right. to rise above above that noise and be <laughs> able to, like, picture it. So you're either like a genius or Buddha. Um, so what <laughs> I've... <laughs> Well, I feel you're, you're saying well the work that you're talking about there is then when we can piece that, put that in front of us, all of these ideas and thoughts, and, and on top of that, make them symbols uh-huh. that, are, that are richer than just words or loads and loads of words because as symbols, pictures, whatever you can call them, you can move them around. You can then step back and then play with them a lot more easily than trying to move them around in your head. Yeah. And there's something around, I can't remember where it was, it was some research or whether it was apocryphal, this idea that we only have like seven memory registers. And so we can only ah. hold seven thoughts in our head
1: mm-hmm. at the same
0: time. And as soon as you think of another one, it will pop out. The other, some One other one will pop out. So if you're like trying to design something that's more than seven things to, to play around with, then that's impossible just to do in your brain. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, and as we um, as we move, you know, into more and more um, complicated and complex business um, solutions and or problems, um, it becomes more and more important to be able to see what the heck you're talking about, because complexity is not just a lot of variables; it's multi layered, multi level, and you're right, Carlos. It's too hard to hold in your head. Oh, you can't, like, our our brains have an incredible capacity for containing, um, but it, it sometimes the data and the information is too much. And that also leads to, uh you know, single solutions. And we don't get to see the diversity of solutions, unless we can actually picture it, which is that storyboard concept, is getting that storyboard up. And, you know, I was working with a startup in Hong Kong, and they Once we went through this, they had 72 sticky notes up. And that was the 72 uh, points of acquisition to acquire a customer. And we took a step back and we all just giggled. I mean, we were like, okay, so where does the customer check out? (laughs) You know, but it was so like in their heads, they didn't see it as 72. But when they started visualizing that, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. We got rid of 40 sticky notes. So all of a sudden we went from 72 to 30. And then we started really working with those 30 to be able to decrease in in their customer acquisition. They went from that group of 30 to five. 5.5 channels. Yeah. And they're running a very successful um, service business for young entrepreneurs in Hong Kong. It was very, very cool.
0: 72. 72. (laughs) I just I just even feel the relief uh-huh. <laughs> I feel just even hearing that, to be able to go from seventy-two things <laughs> to think about to just yeah. five. Yeah, like um, that
1: clarity. Because then you can mm. let go of all those other things. It's it's pretty great.
0: So another thing you mentioned there around, you know, the world getting uh, well, what I heard was there are more and more complex solutions out there, more and more complex problems and in sense more and more complex world that um in a world that is is complex and we can't rely on a single person to have all the answers and it's going to be much much more about collaboration mm-hmm. and if we can't share our ideas and thoughts in a way that we can all stand back and all manipulate and and and, and play with them then how are we supposed to collaborate in an, in an efficient way?
1: You're exactly correct. Because what we were just talking about is, um, imagine if I'm really attached to those 72 points of intervention and I never have an opportunity to see them. And first of all, I don't believe they're 72. My belief system says they're 30. Uh, my belief system says there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I believe I know everything I need to know about the customers I want to acquire. Well, that's a really narrow point of view. And I, I, I'm describing that specifically because I was part of a startup where we did that. <laughs> I mean, it failed miserably, right? But we, we made so many assumptions about our customer without actually talking to them and trying things with them. And so what I learned through that process was that um, had we engaged some of our most coveted clients right up front um, in a visual map that kind of mapped out what we were trying to um, do and the product that we were creating was an app for team feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So um, had, we, had we connected with customers we already identified as potential buyers had we said, hey, look, can you beta this uh, for us? And then can you actually give us feedback? And here's what the story looks like. They would have told us from the very beginning what they needed and what they didn't need. And we were arrogant enough to assume we knew exactly what they needed. And so just e- even across um, continents um, with people, there are so many cool ways now to be able to um, you know, sketch on an iPad and then Quickly deliver a little simple drawing or even sketch on a napkin as I'm talking to you right now, and then be able to turn something around with a digital photograph. There's no reason we can't. Technology has positioned us to be able to use this method to be able to get clarity and to accelerate our business.
0: So, when you're talking there, when you're talking about talking to customers and and trying to understand what they want, um, you know. The traditional, in inverted commas, the traditional way you do that is you'd have a conversation, whether that's a Skype call or a person face-to-face, and you'd record it, and maybe if it, they say you shouldn't take notes, as I understand it, when you're talking okay. to someone, you should be able to be fully present there. And so you then take, you have it recorded, then you go and take notes. So the two things that sprang up for me was, A, uh, when you're having that conversation, how Sure can you be that the picture that's in their head is the same picture as the, as is in your head because you're maybe <laughs> using the same words but mm-hmm. having totally different images of what's going on exactly and b there, there is no collaboration there, and other than, all you're doing is basically logging some feedback, but you know by being able to include them in this process by drawing pictures together you're you're actually working together, you're collaborating rather than just asking for people to tell them what they think. Right.
1: So to, um, in answer to your question, a about, you know, how sure can you be that you got it right? You can't. And, um, so that's why, you know, um, over the last 19 years, my practice and my business has really evolved to do visual and strategy. So that doesn't happen in a vacuum. So in your in your A example around um, how do we create a visual together, one of the things I've employed over Skype or uh, Zoom is to, and I do this with a couple of coaching clients, we'll have a conversation. I'll say, okay, you draw what you're thinking and I'll draw, I'll draw what I'm hearing. Then we will um, send each other photographs and then let's talk about what we see. And here, one of the things that I think is quite remarkable, once we get our ideas on a page, we start seeing connections and patterns that we didn't, we can't see when we're inside our own heads, as you were talking about, like inside our own thoughts. And there is something that is inherently appreciative about it. And I think it has to do with the pictures And um, I haven't been able to find any data or good evidence on this, so that's why I say I think it is. But um, I've been in situations where, um, you know, a group of people will work on a text, like let's say a vision statement or a mission statement, and then they'll turn it around to people. And immediately on the text front, we start pulling it apart. I don't like that word. Like, ah, that doesn't make sense to me. Like you're using the wrong language here. I think this should be broken out into two. When you give people a picture they're not so quick to start editing, (laughs) right? So they are looking at the image and when, you know, part of this is like a picture speaks a thousand words. It really does because I can talk about, um, so let's imagine Carlos, you and I are on a, a call about the growth for happy startup school. And we come up with this metaphor of a tree. And so we take three minutes and I'm, you know, you draw a tree and I draw a tree. And, um, We can, um, first of all, our trees will not look the same because it's like our signature. No no two uh, pieces of drawing look the same. That's your own imprint. That's your unique, you know, mark on the world, if you will. But we can start having a conversation about, well, in my tree, I see, you know, the roots as your foundation. And you're like, well, in my tree, I see the roots as our community. And so we can start having a conversation about, how i see things how you see things we start building together and that's the collaborative part that's the um so yeah it's always it's so much more fun to be in the same space together and being able to draw together but i think with uh digital technology and the improvement in you know con- um video conferencing i think it's getting better and better and there are ways to be able to do that kind of real time To your point on the B, then I'm going to come back. So that's the visual part of strategy. To your your question around um, B is, um, you know, making sure that you get the image right and being able to um, produce something that's going to be useful um, for the other person on the line or for the client, for that matter. It's all about the questions you ask. So if you're asking questions of me right now that you're inherently curious about but you know from your deep immersion in the happy startup school community that people really care about so if you and i are having a conversation about things that we care about and i'm able to draw that and i'm able to turn you know check in with you and say okay um you know in our process here's kind of the way i visualize that and you can say oh yeah that's right or no you didn't get that right can we put a circle here that was more of a triangle or then you can provide feedback um, so that I, so that it can accurately reflect the conversation and the questions that we asked each other. And so Mm -hmm. in my business, um, the visual can, um, you know, we do a lot of graphic recording where that's like you stand up with a group or um, with a a other facilitator, not facilitating yourself and drawing. Um, But, inherently in in any visual process a facilitated process is always um more connected to the group and more meaningful if that process can be guided by questions that matter to the group does that make sense Mm.
0: yeah well so the thing when you're talking about um sharing pictures rather than like with the vision statement sharing a picture rather than in a set of words um, the thing that sprang up for me is that the words while well, words well words can sometimes cr- cause people create judgment yeah pictures can create curiosity
1: mhm oh perfect so
0: rather than saying oh that shouldn't be that word you to ah so what is that what are you drawing there right and so it becomes more of a dialogue rather than someone just giving telling you what's wrong about something yes um and then so the second bit where you were talking about, remind me how, how yeah I, I lost the train my train of thought. No, no,
1: that's okay. So on the um, on the strategy piece is really asking the questions that matter to the person or the people that you're working with, to be able to really explore at a deeper level visual connections. I'll put it that way. So mm. that's what the like strategy um, you it's, I can't think of a time over the last 19 years, I've just been able to draw a plan without it being well facilitated. So if you're really looking at, um, that's what I think is so valuable about coaching is that if I'm unclear about my direction, about where I want to go or why I might want to go there, then, um, to have somebody ask me the right questions that seed the, um, the intuitive responses that get deeper underneath my veneer, and um, to the heart of what's important to me. It's kind of the same thing here. The visuals can be very superficial. Um, They can just sit along the top of the surface of a conversation. But when you ask the right question and the combination of the visuals, and the visual practitioner is very intentionally trying to keep as much of their bias out of it, like we can't keep it all out, but just to really listening generously and trying to capture that, then the authenticity of your ideas emerge. Not my idea of what your idea is. That's different. If we're in really deep, um, trustful dialogue, and I'm being very, um, I'm trying to be as authentic as I can in representing your authenticity, I've had people step back from their map and go, oh my God, that's exactly what I meant. And And I I even I'm like, really?" And they're like, "Yes, and I think it's the level of listening, listening and then translating into a visual. And then I just wanted, I wanted to say one other thing about like being fully present, um, you know, one of the things we're learning, and this comes out of the work, it's largely work out of Australia and visual literacy with young people, but there's more and more evidence to suggest that kids that doodle in school. Um, have a higher uh, learning retention rate and do better overall in terms of performance. And because do what we found out about what we call doodling. So that's like drawing pictures as I'm listening to our conversation or which I I would encourage. That would be fun. You know, uh, start doodling now about what you hear, but it occupy, it allows our brain to focus enough on the content without getting bored. (laughs) <laughs> so doodling allows us the ability to draw. We draw we're drawing what we're hearing without getting bored. Mm. Because sometimes people like, let's face it. Sometimes people are like, wow, that was interesting to you, but not very interesting to me. Doodling helps you, uh, you know, retain information better. And just a quick sidebar on this is um, I have a great colleague, um, actually, that lives in Dorset, and she is an intuitive coach. And she started coaching a young woman who had ambitions to go into medical school, but couldn't um, pass the equivalent um, tests that are required in the UK um, because of some of the mathematics that go into um, the testing. And so she coached this young woman, and they visualized the math and chemistry. She (sighs) kept a visual journal of her learning around these things, and she passed. So I I think that there is something about helping the brain process and make meaning of information even information we're not inherently curious about that we can do that through through doodling and visualizing it
0: Wow. yeah I, I, the thing that sprang up for me around the doodling and listening there's um the word. what well, I was thinking there's something about you you're you're having to be present so like if you're just sat there passively listening to someone uh, without doing anything, it's very easy just to drift off into your own thoughts somewhere else. But if you're actually being active and and maybe trying to sketch or or just your hand is moving, your focus on on these doodles, there is you're still bringing yourself out from pure thought. You're here still, it, it, listening to that person maybe in a more focused way mm-hmm. rather than suddenly thoughts drifting off to uh, where am I going to go next and what's the, what's the shopping, what shopping do I need to do this afternoon or things like that? Right.
1: Well, and also commentary. So imagine if you're listening even to a Ted talk or somebody do a keynote and you disagree with them, Mm. Um, that actually is one of the most challenging places to use drawing is because it's hard to actually focus on what they're saying if all your all your brain is doing is coming up with reasons why what they're saying is stupid, <laughs> I have to be perfectly <laughs> blunt, I mean it really is a challenge. So uh, you know that I mean I think that's the most challenging um, bit we get into. Like, what if a customer gives you feedback that you don't like, that you don't want to hear? That's hard. It's hard to take. And could it be? Um, so Carlos, I love what you said before that you know pictures create this uh, element of curiosity where text um, oftentimes is looked through a lens of judgment. This is the same mm. thing here. Once I can visualize some information um, that people are going to give me about my my business or about my value proposition, if I can see it, then I'm open to a different way of looking at it.
0: Mm yeah there's something there around that the picture becomes like a third party. I think I have this image of my head you're talking to someone and you're having a dialogue with someone, and they become their words become the focus of your judgment and attention or questioning, and they become because the words are coming from them, they suddenly there's this kind of semi-adversarial approach because you're now focusing on them and oh, you're wrong and no, that's not right or you're having this judgment in you. Well if you transfer the words to pictures on paper. It's no longer you looking at them and, and, and questioning them. It's you looking at this picture and questioning the picture. And so I, I have this sense of, you know, but it, it can reduce or the sense of any conflict or it can help you manage conflict in a, whether it's a debate or trying to um, communicate or understand what a customer is saying that doesn't feel right for you. But you can then use that, this third space, this paper on the on the table and the drawing as a way to, to have this dialogue. It's it's nearly like a mediator. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that you're absolutely correct. And I've heard people who are visual practitioners, I haven't heard them say third party, which I think is kind of an interesting idea. And I I think you're spot on, but have said like, um, they're, you know, synthesizing the information that's being said, and then putting it on a um, page. And someone commented recently about. Um, you know it's also my relationship to the paper so it's the person's relationship to their ideas but then the um, as a visual practitioner my relationship to the paper and what are the all of those connections how can I make that as seamless and as integrated as possible and that goes back to that listening bit you were talking about
0: mm. well wow. There's a lot of stuff there, um, I'm, but I think for me the um, the core of it comes down to you know the value of being able to step back from the pictures in your head, and the only way you can do that is get those pictures on paper in front of you, uh-huh. and then how, like you said, it doesn't need to be a hundred percent accurate you don't need to be the best drawer as long as it represents well you said 30 percent
1: 30 30 percent then
0: you'll be able to work out what it is
1: <gasps> exactly as long as you and yeah. whoever you're working with understand the context it absolutely yeah. makes meaning and then one other key for those of you who are going to try this is um give yourself a couple of word anchors and what I mean by that is that if I draw a really bad giraffe, then I'm gonna write in the middle of the body, giraffe, so that hmm. my mind triggers when I see that word, I see a giraffe. No matter what it looks like. It could, you know, it could be a circle and a long trunk and four badly drawn legs. But in my I understand, oh, that's about getting a view. That's about getting up above things and being able to look down. And I move on. I don't like dispute the giraffe. Oh, is that the right metaphor? You know, I don't, that's the thing that I think is so fun. So then I can move directly into like the next part of the conversation or the next part of meaning making so that I can move through my ideas more quickly.
0: That's great. And so um, I've, I'm sure many people here listening uh, are picking up their pens and trying to sketch what we're talking about and, and hopefully seeing the value of how, how visualizing their ideas is going to help them get more clarity around them. Now you're going to be coming to summer camp this year with us. Yes. And, and this is going to be an opportunity for attendees to, to get a flavor of how this works in practice. I say.
1: Yes, absolutely. So do you
0: want to share what you'd like to, What what is your gift to people when they come to summer camp and if they attend your workshop?
1: Well, um, whenever whenever i do workshops like this i want to make sure that um i instill a level of confidence in that 30 percent drawing because it that can be such a barrier um to uh, people even engaging with a piece of paper and a marker (laughs) so Mm -hmm. you know the first part of the session is just going to be learning the visual alphabet and gaining confidence very very quickly that oh yeah you know this isn't perfect but i do know how to draw i do know how to draw my ideas and then um Moving into um, sort of, so here's one of the things that's so interesting about the, um, how the left and the right brain interact together. There are not very many um, devices where the two halves of our brain come together in problem solving or um, are in utility. So for example, we know that language is prim- predominantly on one side of the brain. But when, um, when you're doing art, so art, music, and mathematics... Um, your, the synapses in your brain fire on both sides of the brain and actually across the hemispheres. And so I want to engage people in left brain, right brain um, experimentation. So we're going to gain some confidence in our drawing, and then we're going to be able to, um, you know, draw some shapes and colors and, and very quickly put together some templates that people can use in their business, um, regardless of the stage of the startup that they're in. Um, and I'm also um, exploring this idea of what, um, as a as a group in a work session like this, what we can give back to k- summer camp. So collectively mm-hmm. drawing together, um, that's going to emerge from the group, but I really want to hold the space in that workshop that we're going to learn how to draw. We're going to draw something for ourselves, um, for the business, but also something in a collective capacity that we can uh, bring to the summer camp and the Happy Startup School community and give back.
0: Oh, that sounds amazing! I love that idea. I can't, so I can't cool. wait
1: to see it happen. It, it will happen. I just, you know, I have some ideas about how to set the right conditions, um, but everybody will have an opportunity to contribute, which I think will be so fun.
0: Oh, that's that's so so much in keeping with what our intention for the for summer camp. And I like at the beginning when you when you kind of reflected, as I heard it, uh, the way we're trying to create this space for people to get. I think clarity and and get creative. That's why I heard from you and how what you do is exactly that. This is like, how can we use this visualization process of being able to draw and sketch to get clarity and also use creativity in that, in that Mm -hmm. way. Yep. Well, well, I am so looking forward to seeing you, uh, giving you a massive hug (laughs) Thank you. uh, and sharing with you my, my really bad drawings of giraffe. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Excellent well maybe we'll have a giraffe drawing competition (laughs) who's 30 percent giraffe is going to look most giraffe like
1: perfect i love
0: the idea as well of people's uh, you know making creating a habit in people of being able to sketch what's going on for them at camp and being that the like thing that you can show people as a conversation starter point of curiosity (laughs) yeah absolutely Well, well um so what's next for you what you know this is a the point of the podcast, uh, which is uh, for shameless promotion, is there anything that you'd like to share with anyone listening about uh, where you might be going, anything that you're doing re- next that, um, that you'd like to put out there?
1: Sure. Well, I think that um, you know. So my book came out in 2014, and since then I've been working a lot with teams and leaders about how to visualize their ideas. Um, when a a graphic recorder or or a visual practitioner isn't present. And then, um, so I'm working on that. And I'm also working on helping young people who are early in their careers really figure out how they can make their mark on an organization um, through visual practice. And so Mm. the, you know, next steps for me is really pulling together some of the key lessons um, that I have learned, especially in the last four or five years that where technology has really transformed um, the visual industry, and um, how you can make yourself stand out regardless of your role and your age, how you can make yourself stand out in the workplace or in your um, in your own business. I've got some great, great case studies, and I'll be doing some interviews with people who have taken even just a two-hour version of my uh, workshop and gone on to create a whole pitch deck. And videos where they do their own drawing. It's really, really inspirational. So I'm just pulling those things together in a way that um, really um, speaks to people and gives them greater access, um, most likely online, to being able to do this.
0: Cool. Excellent. And we're well, looking forward to, to seeing that come out and then sharing that. And so if people wanted to, to get hold of your book, you know, let them know. And also if they want us to get hold of you, how, what? so start with the book and then okay. how can they get in touch with you if they want to find out? Yeah. More. Yeah.
1: So um, the book is available on Amazon and um, there's a digital version and a, a regular print version. Um, it's available in the UK. It's also actually been translated into Japanese and to Chinese um, and will be translated into Spanish later next year. So that's kind of exciting. And it's a picture your business strategy, Transform Decisions Through the Power of Visuals. And um, if you're looking to find me, I recommend that you go to uh, www.arlosoul, So www.arlosouls.com. And I frequently get asked, like, what is Arlo And since you're based in the UK, it's a great story. It's the Welsh word for innovation and so Mm. our tagline is visualize innovation and um yeah so that's how you can find me uh check out our website feel free to um email me at info at arlosoul.com and i am so excited about september and summer camp
0: fantastic thank you very much thank you thanks for listening to this happy startup school community podcast If you want to find out more about what we do, then check out our website, www.thehappystartupschool.com. You'll find out more about our community, the courses that we offer, and also the conversations and content that we're trying to create to help you get clear about how to build a purposeful business without burning out. So if you're trying to balance the money and the meaning creating impact and avoiding imposter syndrome then join us and our group and tribe of like-minded caring compassionate and flawed entrepreneurs on this journey trying to work out how to make money do good and be happy